0: and rest whether you're a busy professional a stay-at-home parent or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life this show is for you join us as we discover how to live exceptionally finding freedom and rest along the way now let's get into this week's episode of live exceptionally with dr yvonne thompson
1: So how, what does stewardship of the body
2: mean to you? Well, several years ago, um, the Bible verse first, the last first Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 was presented to me in a new way. And it just kind of opened my eyes and it says, may God himself, the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when I think of that, he kept blameless at the coming, he's coming, mm-hmm. and we have to continually do work to take care of the body that he has given us our spirit, our soul, and our body. And the best part about that scripture is at the very end, it says, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And the message translation says, The one who calls you is completely dependable, if he said it, he'll do it. And so that kind of just flows right in to other key verses that, that I've worked towards over the last decade. Um, and many of you know these scriptures, but we think of Romans 12, 1, that says that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And Romans 12, 2, that tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so those are just some key um, scriptures that I think of when I think of stewarding my body. And, you know, God cares about every single detail, not just our Sunday morning worship or right. our Wednesday night Bible study. It's the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single day, every single detail. And if you break it down into some key areas to take care of the body, again, bringing up Romans 12, one and two, um, that tells us that we are to be or uh, we are to, um, offer our whole bodies as a living sacrifice, but I want to even go in the Romans 12 too, that says that we are to be transformed or the renewing of our minds, but something even so much, so much cooler than that. Uh-oh, the lights just went out here, um, is first Corinthians six, uh, 12 says all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will be not brought under the power of any. And so in our world today, we can be distracted by so many things. We can be distracted by food. We can be distracted by what the world says we should look like, what the world says fitness would look like. But to me, when we have to take care of the body, we have to just remember um, that it is our temple. It is we are to offer it as a living sacrifice, which means Dying to self daily and allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work in and through us, but also being mindful that not everything is helpful for us. We may be under grace and we may be, you know, things may be permissible to us, but doesn't necessarily mean it's good for us. And then if I think of taking care of the spirit, Romans 8, 8, 6 says the mind is governed by the flesh, but the, uh, um, or I'm sorry, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So, if I can allow the spirit to work in me, I'm going to have that life and peace that that God promises promises us. And the second or the third one is the soul. How 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 can we be a good steward of the soul? Well, just a reminder. Proverbs 4:23 says, "Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it." And with that, the soul being made up of three key components, the mind, will, and emotions, which comes from our heart. And so those those are some just key things that I think about and I try to coach my people into as they steward their body. And these are things that I've been doing from in my own walk for the last 15 years.
1: Wow. That, I think that's probably the richest explanation that I've seen as it relates to why we should be good stewards of the body. And I know I participated in one of your um, boot camps and I love how you marry scripture with wellness. You marry the word of God with how we should conduct ourselves, whether it's our eating habits or to get our body moving um, as it relates to first from a foundation of scripture as believers. And then also in regards to just how we should just live a healthy lifestyle what what would you say are specifics around practicing
2: good stewardship with our bodies well when i start like for example the boot camp that you participated in um it's it the boot camp actually goes into another course that i offer and it's called the journey but when i offer anything that i offer the very first verse that i share with people is if you are coming into this to get six pack abs that's not what this is about God is where does it say in the Bible, thou shalt have six pack <laughs> have a six pack abs, right? And so I remind them of what matthew six thirty three says that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So if we can learn to put God, if we can learn to seek God even in our physical, spiritual, nutritional, obviously we see God in our spiritual. But so many times people leave, God out of their food choices. They leave God out of their physical. And so a lot of times I, I come across people that don't like to work out, whether it's old thoughts that they've had about exercise or it's just exhausting, or they're coming from a place of having a sedentary life and they just haven't done it. I try to help them to think, to, to renew their mind and to think that, They're moving their body. So I I really take out the word exercise. So if someone that's listening really struggles with the word exercise, how can you practice being a good steward with your body? Consider it that you're offering your body as a sacrifice and learning to take your exercise. And we, in my groups, we call it movement and an on-purpose movement, not your normal detail, your everyday stuff, but on-purpose movement. And we learn to offer that. As a living sacrifice every day, because if it's not a sacrifice, it's not hard. Mm -hmm. Sacrifices are intended to be hard. And so that has been a game changer for people, especially women, when they think, oh, wow, I can really offer this movement as my worship to God. I don't want to do it. I hate doing it. But because I love God more and I want to seek more of him, I'm going to offer it up to him. And then some other things that we can do to practice that is find other like-minded men and women to, to do it with because it's just like every every new year's resolutioner they come in and they start off the new year with these lofty goals but then within you know a few weeks they stop but it's usually because one they're not seeking god and two they don't have others to do it with them which is why the name of my business is we are better together really encouraging people the value in doing it with other people.
1: Right. Good. So with that, go ahead and share about your business, uh, its mission, the purpose, and the focus. Because I think it's such a great model for just the whole wellness aspect of the physical movement with the foundation being on scripture, but also just the collaborative partnership approach that you take with it.
2: Sure. Yes. Um, so to keep it simple, I have three, um, goals, I guess what you want to call it is, um, or three, I should say bullet statements. And the goal of everything that I do is to renew spiritual direction for any, this is for those that are coming into the groups with me, renew their spiritual direction to help them be led into new possibilities and probabilities. People get stuck and or they think they, they're not capable or they they think they're not worthy or they think that they could never do something like this. But I want to lead them into those new possibilities and probabilities. And the third concept is to model abiding trust in community. So, for example, um, when so I also have a, another course that I offer and it's called Braving the Wilderness. And that is an outdoor course. It's hiking and backpacking. And, and the one thing that we really stand firm on is when we go out on the trail, we do it together. So in a sense, I don't care what your speed level is or what, where your fitness level is, we train for the, the, the weakest person, because I visualize, if I can visualize myself on a trail, I can, and walking with Jesus, he's going to be walking with me, not A mile in front of me. And so there's been huge power in that of, of, of model abiding trust in community by people that might be struggling on the trail, seeing that they have people with them, that they're not being left behind and that they feel like the weakest link. And so, um, so it's those three things that are really, um, super important to everything I do, whether it's indoor, or outdoor, everything is seek God first. That's renewing that spiritual direction, and then being led into new possibilities and probabilities. Because one of the other things I want to ch- I challenge people with, and it kind of goes back to the the previous thing that we were just talking about is how can we um, have you know this sustaining change? And I always like to challenge myself with hard things, and I like to challenge my participants with hard things as well. Because it's when we're in that hard, it's when the tension is. It's think about this: if you're working out and you're doing squats, after after a minute of squats, your your quads are going to be burning, right? And it's in that tension where the change starts to happen. And so, if I can lead people into new possibilities and probabilities, they're going to start to see a change. They're going to start to see, wow, I'm made for hard things. And then that way, when hard things really do happen in their lives, they're ready because they've been training for it. So I have a, we have a hashtag, this is why we train. We don't train for six-pack abs. We train for the things of this world that we have no control over, but we want to be better stewards of our body. I hope that helps.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. I was talking to another guest and she was... Uh, I had to think about it when she mentioned this, but she was saying how she goes and does a cold soak or cold bath. I don't know the correct mm-hmm. name, but yeah. she's. I think it's seven minutes that she does every morning in this ice cold bath plunge. And it causes her body to go and it, it stresses her physical body. Mm-hmm. But that shock of going in the cold plunge, it makes her stop thinking about things that she might be stressing about or anxious about. So her only focus is just surviving that seven minute cold plunge. And that's the point of it is stress that the body is stressed. So it relieves the pressure mentally and emotionally of anything else that might be on your mind and it builds resilience. So this physical stress resilience then allows her to be trained when other things come up in life that may not necessarily be physical, but it's like this physical training that shapes her and builds her up for any type of stresses that comes, it builds resilience. So it's it's the same perspective that you're saying, but from a a different way. Uh, But I never thought about how physical stress trains you or builds you up and strengthens you for other things that might
2: come that and help you to have yeah. more resilience. Yvonne, it's funny that you talked about the the cold water plunge because that was my hard thing I did last year. I did one of those last year. I was in Washington and I have a friend who owns her own business and I was very apprehensive, and I was like, "No, I, I, I'm not going to do that to my body. I don't know what that would do to me." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I and I did it, and, and um, you know, she was a good coach. She she helped us to to get our minds ready to not where we just jumped in, and well, we don't jump in. You 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 slowly walk out. I mean, she does bath, but we actually actually did it in in um, a body of water, and um, but she helps you to like. She just basically kind of gives you new things to think about and teaches you how to breathe. And so it was like, it was it was a wonderful experience. So I, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just can't imagine
1: getting into uh, something that's ice cold like that because I don't like code anyway. So I've heard very good things about it and the benefits from it, but I'd have to work myself up to try that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I did it with four other people. So here we are, we're locking arms. And so it goes back to that concept of we are better together. We kind of just all encouraged each other to do it.
1: Talk a bit more about the alignment of the physical health to mental and spiritual health.
2: Okay. Yeah. It's,
1: you know, again,
2: this is something that God just really opened my eyes so much to me. Um, probably about 15 years ago. And as I shared, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, but I have been doing this for a long time and I've seen women, I I work mostly with women. I'm not all inclusive to women only, but for whatever reason, that just seems to be the demographic of who shows up and signs up. But I see women who become so obsessed with their size and seeking the world and what it says they should look like Um, and they get, they they just kind of get lost in that. And, um, they, they, their identity becomes this number on a scale. So if you're stepping on a scale every day, I want to encourage you to just whoever's listening to check your motives on that, because there is that can even become a sense of a stronghold in our lives, because our value and worth is not on that number. Our value and worth is on what God teaches us and what God says we who who God says we are and whose we belong to. So when we talk about alignment, um, you know, one of the greatest commandments is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And um, when we're all out of alignment, there's a good chance if we're out of alignment spiritually, everything else is going to be yeah. out of whack. It's it's like your your book. If we're out of alignment with rest, all other systems are going to be out of whack. If we're all out of whack nutritionally, we're eating too much sugar and sodas and all the which is sugar. Everything breaks down to sugar. We're going to have a mental fog. We're going to have, we're not going to have energy. We're going to be too tired to do the things God called us to do. Um, And, and if we're not taking care of our minds, then, then that affects us through depression, anxiety, stress, all kinds of diseases that can take place even in the midst of that. And so, and, and with that said, I'm sure there are many Christians out there that are taking care of their bodies but there's other areas that they're lacking. It's it's kind of like they go back to what what the Corinth the church in Corinth was was saying is that all things are permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Uh, as Christians, we tend to think that because God created food, we can eat it all. <laughs> and <laughs> and while that is true like there's no law that we have on that, it's just It's so important to take care of our bodies, even nutritionally. And the other side of that is I'm sure there are people out there that are so I know a lot of people that come into the journey specifically because one of the things that they have to do in the journey is a memorization and meditation. They get one verse a week. And the number one thing that people love about the journey is it forces them to get back into that rhythm of having a daily quiet time. It's so busy that we spend so much time. We, we, our minds get so preoccupied with the workout that we forget about God. And so by seeking God first and putting him, hopefully the first of the day, we get that done um, and then we we start to build that spiritual discipline. And so it's when these three, these systems work together, that's when the alignment comes into place. And I do find it very cool and very, this is, this is kind of off topic well, not really off topic, but I'm doing, I'm reading the book of, I'm reading the Bible in a year. And for the first time, I actually sat down to read, um, the entire book of Job for this reading plan that I'm on. And when I was reading it two weeks ago, and if you know the story of Job, um, uh, the Satan was roaming the earth and he goes to God and God tells him that he can, he can tempt his son, Job, who is upright and has never sinned. And, Job says to him, "Will you take away all of his possessions, surely he will curse you. God gives him permission to do so. The second thing that happens is Job, he, yes, all those things are taken. Uh, he shaves his head. He, he takes off his clothes. He wails, but then he's back to business. And he, in the midst of that, he does not, um, he's still standing firm in his relationship with God. Well, then Satan presents himself to God a second time. And this is the part that just fascinates me. I've never, my eyes were just so open and they wasn't even in the reading. It was like four hours later, it just clicked for me. Job says to God, you take away his health and I guarantee you he'll curse you. And so I had this conversation with, with my husband, because I've even thought of my, my husband in the midst of that. Um, that, you know, he, he used to be a strong man and like in competitions and stuff. And, and there was a season where like, he got mad at God. How many believers out there? We, our health is taken away and we distance ourselves from God. We might not be angry at him, but again, we take him out of the equation. And, and Satan knew that back then, if he, if he attacked Job's physical health, that he would, he thought Job would pull away. Now, Job had a pity party and it kind of went on of his complaints and all of that, but God showed up in the end. But the challenge I want people to think about is if, if Satan did that with Job, what makes us think that he doesn't do that with us and our own health and wellness. And for me, that was just, that was incredible.
1: With that in mind, in terms of the whole health aspect, how do you encourage your clients to overcome a lack of self-control and discipline mm-hmm. around their eating habits and, and fitness?
2: Um, well, accountability—it it definitely is the, the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. it, in cle- Ecclesiastics, we're to, Ecclesiastics four or nine. We are told that we're two or, uh, that we're told that. Um, well, most people know it by the end, verse 12, where it says a strand of three cords is not easily broken. Now, we, we know that that's a, a, a holy relationship with God, but that is also the same concept with others and with friendships and relationships as we are striving for health and wellness. And so one of the things that I encourage is the value of the team. Find people that have, you don't have to necessarily join something, but find somebody that you can have weekly check-ins or daily check-ins to make sure that you're hitting your goals. Number one, seek God. Ask him what he desires for you. What goals do you want for me, God? How can I honor you with my body? Write them down. That's another thing people don't do. They, they don't write their goals down. They just think of them in their head. But if we can start to write things down and look at them, it reminds us every day when um, we're, we're working towards these things. Uh, another key principle is to celebrate the achievements, um, no matter how small they are. Sorry. Um, when we celebrate those achievements, we can um, realize that, wow, I can do this. And we also have to, I kind of tell people that I I serve two roles. I'm your cheerleader and I'm your accountant. I'm your cheerleader because I'm going to cheer you on. But as I'm also your accountant. I'm going to protect your assets, which might mean I might say hard things. Mm-hmm. And that's where people, they... They get their feelings hurt. And that, and I tell people that is never my intention, ever is my intention, is to ever hurt anybody. Um, we're told in scripture that we are to live the upward call. So I try to tell people I, I that I'm not calling you out, I'm <laughs> calling you up because these are things that God's taught me, and I want to pass them on down to the people that I coach. So you have to be coachable. Um if, if you are working with other people, even teammates. If, they, if they're a good teammate, they're going to hold you accountable and don't be offended if they tell you that you need to do something. And so I would say that would be another um, big one is, is just be coachable. And the last one, which is super important, is to, I, I encourage them and everyone, whatever you sign up for, honor your commitment. And even if it's not a, a, a pen and paper sign up, but it's a verbal commitment honor your commitment. In the book of Psalms, we're told that honor your commitments even when they hurt. So if you're signing up for something that's four weeks or six months, just know that when that four weeks or that six months is over, you're done. And the cool thing is, is God's building spiritual muscles in you just from that honoring your commitment. And that's a, that's a key one of, of overcoming, um, a lack of self-control and discipline too. And I I
1: think in this day, honor is a word that is something that is not as potent, but it's still applicable. And, you know, so many people, we talk about people, we complain about things, we sign up for this, and we don't follow through. And I think that whole concept of honor is a big one, not just as relates to our commitments, but even in how we honor one another, you know, It's something that we definitely need to work on in this day, in our culture, because it's something that I think the power of it has been dissipating. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and share about your services or your upcoming trips? I know you plan them routinely.
2: Uh, Share how you plan those out. Yes. So um, one of my, I want to call it a flagship program that I offer is the journey. I offer the journey, which is an online wellness accountability coaching course where you where people come together with other people. Um, we we use Facebook for this. And um, so everybody gets all the content that they need to, to run in the journey. But in the journey, we focus on uh, spiritual wellness. We focus on nutritional wellness and we focus on um, physical wellness. That's month one when you're coming in. And then the next month, we add another level and we focus on mental wellness. So every month there's something new that you're integrating and and adding on. And um, when we come together in our Facebook group, basically everybody gets a copy of a journal and they have to write out what their spiritual was for the day, which I do give everyone a guide on that. So they get something to focus on and it's all built around this journey. And, And when you sign up for the journey, everyone gets a, I call it a roadmap. And the roadmap is everything you need to have a successful start and continue on because a continuation on in the course, because the journey is not supposed, to, it is not a diet it is a lifestyle change. Everything I just shared with you, it's to help people incorporate the spiritual, the physical, the mental, the uh, nutritional, and even we get into emotional later on. And, um, and so they write down all of these key things that they did in their day And then the next morning they post it to the Facebook group and then we all cheer each other on. We uh, encourage each other. And then this is where I put on my my cheerleader hat and then I put on my accountant hat and I call out some things or call up things that um, I think someone could do better. So, for example, somebody was um, yes this morning they're not getting enough protein in their diet. So I was able to say kind of like this, you need to kind of up your protein and kind of give her some coaching tips on how to be able to get her more protein into her daily eating. And so that's one way. And I offer that course, um, eight months out of the year, we do take summers off, uh, just, I don't know. I think just what I have found over the years is people tend to, their lives get crazy in the summertime. And so, I just we just take a break in the summer. Doesn't mean we have to if people were interested. Um, but then I say that's my flagship because that's where I get to really spend every day with a certain amount of people. But then I have another exciting course that I offer, and that's called Braving the Wilderness. And that's where we use the outdoors to allow God and creation to really speak into our lives, to kind of press us in hard situations, because let's face it, being outside on a long trail can be very challenging. And so I offer courses that range anywhere from like an intro to hiking. So someone's someone is just wanting to get started, I teach you how to get started. Um, and we come together uh, every week via zoom and to where everybody learns hard skills. So whatever our final trip is. So if it's a four week course or a seven week course, there's always a final destination at the end. So for example, last year, we went to Tennessee or Virgin Falls, Tennessee, and we went to. Uh, we did the Dunes Challenge, and we also did Red River Gorge. Um, so, as they over the four to seven weeks, they get content that will help them prepare themselves for that final trip. They have to go out and hike every day. So, there's accountability there. I'm sorry, not every day. Once a week, they have to go out and get a training hike in, which I I would give them the guidelines for that. And then um, uh, at the final, we go on this either a one day trip or depending on the extent and what people signed up for, we go on it. We, we could do a day hike or we go into the wilderness and do an actual backpacking trip where we spend the night in the woods. And that part is just um, so beautiful to see as we watch people um, encounter God, as they get called into hard things, they realize that, with the bodies that God's given them, they can do these things and physical changes happen. Spiritual changes happen. um, Mental changes happen. And it's just beautiful to see. And one of the things I also wanted to say is that backpacking can be a very expensive hobby. And one of the things that we take pride in is that we don't want anyone to go out. We have, we have gear for people to borrow. We don't want anyone to go out and spend And aside from a good pair of boots, we don't want anyone to go out and spend money because if they don't like it, then they're stuck with all this this equipment. So we do have that option as well. And I think it's a great way for people to really kind of come in and they might not think they like it. But again, it's that hard thing that God can bring transformation in.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, I started hiking during the pandemic, and I didn't think I would like it, but I enjoy it and love being outdoors. Um, I don't. I would never say I'd become a professional, but certainly as a novice and amateur, I uh, thoroughly enjoy it. And even backpacking, I've been able to go on a few backpacking trips, and um, it's not something I would do every month, but I do right. certainly in, enjoy it. Can you go ahead and close us out with a quick prayer?
2: Absolutely. would love to. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Um, we thank you for our time that uh, we are able to be together, whether it's Yvonne and I face-to-face or for whoever is listening uh, to this podcast, Lord God. I just pray that whatever words that I use would speak life into men and women that are listening, Lord God, that um, you would just intervene into their lives to help them to see that when they learn to seek you first, that that you will grant them the desires of their hearts, Lord God, and, and of course we know that's all in your will. But the key is, Father, that we would seek you first, seek you every day in all things that we do, Or we offer our bodies to you with the the, the choices that we make throughout this day, that you would receive it. Thanks for it joining us for worship. Live Exceptionally
0: that, with Dr. Revon um, each week. We'll explore the secrets in, to living a life hell, that is both intentional to and
2: We'll, we'll talk we to folks
0: you. that will share Thank about you. productivity, Jesus, mindfulness, amen. and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I.org.